0: Hello and welcome to the second episode of Miscellaneous Weekly. Uh, I'm your host, Bridge. This is the fourth time I've done this now. Uh, first time I didn't like it, second time Audacity crashed, third time I decided to scrap everything and start over, and so, uh, here we are. (laughs) Now, on with the show. The first segment is Weird Storytime with me. Uh... (laughs) I guess I'll focus on the same story I've done the last two times, which is, uh, just last weekend. It'll actually be two weekends ago by the time this goes out. Uh, my school hosted an Eclipse Comic-Con because we were in the path of totality, and we had, uh, Rhett Fisher, who played the Titanium Ranger in Lightspeed Rescue, and we had Kevin DeHaney and Jeff Pz... P- 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 Parazzo, Jeff Perrazzo, who played the blue and white rangers from Dino Thunder, respectively. And so the first day of the con, I saw them, but I did not talk to them, so I, went, I made a full circle around the con again, came back, and realized that they looked so bored. They were all on their phones, and they looked... So incredibly bored So I went up and I saw that they had their photos Their glossies, whatever you want to call them And so I was like, yeah, I'll buy I'll get signatures from them And so I went up and I asked how much they were And they said, oh, they're $10 each <laughs> And I <laughs> only had four So I walked away <laughs> And then I came back because I realized Square is a thing that you can buy stuff with at, you know, from independent sellers when you don't have cash on you. So I went back and I was about ready to ask if they took Square, but... Rhett was like, you know what, I I said ten, I meant four dollars. <laughs> uh, no, I meant five dollars each, and I was like, oh, well, I only have four. And he said, oh, well, four's good, just give me the four and pick one out. And so I s- picked one out, and we chatted while I was picking. And then uh, Jeff and Kevin said, you know what, pick one of ours, and we'll give them to you for free. And so I did that, but I felt... Really awkward doing that. I don't, for some reason, I don't like getting free stuff from people that I don't know super duper well. Uh, so I went downstairs to the ATM and got out $30 because that ATM did not dispense anything in anything that isn't a count of 10. And it gave me a 10 and a 20. So I had to go to my friends and ask if they could split a 20. Or, not split, but break a 20. And I got a 10, 5 ones, and a 5. And so I went back to the Power Rangers table, and I gave Rhett $6 to even out the 4 I'd given him earlier, and I gave Kef and Jevin... Kef and Jevin... Wow. I gave Jeff and Kevin, uh, $10 each, and they were like, why are you, no, we gave you them for free, you should take them, and I'm like, no, take my money! (laughs) And I got a picture out of it, which my school mascot photobombed, which I wasn't all that happy about, but, yeah, School of Pride, yay! Uh... (laughs) And then the next day there was a Power Rangers panel And then I ended up hitting it off with Todd who was running the panel And we both knew the Power Rangers theme songs by heart So Todd was getting He was exchanging cards with Rhett And I had walked over to talk to Todd But uh, he looked at me And he said, we gotta do the thing. And I was like, oh yeah, let's do the thing. So we like huddled together and he counted us off. And we sang the Lightspeed Rescue and Dino Thunder theme songs for the Power Rangers. Which, after the fact, I felt like I had made an ass of myself. But there were people who told me that, no, you didn't. That's actually really funny, interesting. That's not making an ass of yourself at all. Which, you know, I really need to, like, take that to heart, because I do that a lot when I do things for people that I really, really like, Is I always feel like I've made an ass of myself after I do something that they probably found really, really cool. <sighs> and, um, uh, that's the end of this segment. On to segment two. This is the first time we've had this segment on this show Uh, This segment is called Working Horror And it's horror stories from my job I've had two jobs so far Three if you count all the volunteer work That I probably rightfully should have been paid for Um, (laughs) I think I want to talk about the bread guy Uh, So I work at Kroger And there was a person who came in, and he had two carts. No, only one cart. The person after him had two carts. He had one cart packed all the way to the top with bread. That's all. Nothing but bread. And I looked at all this bread, and I asked if he wanted it. Oh, God, this friggin' Pepsi. I asked him if he wanted it in bags and he looks at me with the biggest smile on his face and says, Yes, I want it all in bags. So I'm looking at all this bread and I'm watching the total on the cashier's monitor go up and up and I'm just like carefully packing this bread together so that it doesn't squish itself or squish the other breads in the bags. And eventually the total comes up and it's like $65 worth of bread. And it's not even fancy bread. It's like the cheap Kroger brand bread, which is still good bread. Like, don't get me wrong. It's good bread. But he's just buying all this, like, $3 bread loaf. Or, like, uh, he had some hot dog buns and hamburger buns in there, too. But it came up to, like... It was ridiculous Like And I had to put it all back in the cart And it was overflowing with bread Like who needs That much bread How big of a party are you holding That you need that much bread I mean I guess he could freeze Some of it That's always an option Still, it was just wild at the time that someone would buy that much bread. uh, and there are other there are other things too. I work as a courtesy clerk, which is a fancy word for your bagger um one time, a woman bought i think it was fifteen watermelons fifteen watermelons, and I had to. Help her push her cart out to the watermelon container. And then I had to help her put the watermelons into her cart. And then I had to go and take her cart to her car. Where we unloaded all of the watermelons into her back seat. And, like, no no shame about that, buying 15 watermelons... But buying fifteen watermelons that you know you're not going to be able to carry probably not the best of ideas. <sighs> Let's see, I've still got some time in this one. Um what's another story? Speaking of watermelons, people who ask for their watermelons in bags, like I understand people who are like, oh yeah, it gives it handles and makes it easier to carry. Yeah, I I get that but there are people who ask who when i said you want your watermelon in a bag and they'll look at me and go yeah it'll stop it from rolling around in the car and i'm just how does putting it in a bag stop it from rolling around because in my experience with watermelons they are the bowling balls of the fruit world and they will roll around whether or not they are in a plastic bag or not like i like A bowling bag with, like, legitimate, like, squared-out corners to stop a round thing from just pushing it along? That I could understand. But these are cheap, like, plastic bags. Not only that, but the people who want their watermelons in paper bags? Do you understand how harder it is to carry a watermelon in a paper bag than just double-bagging it in plastic? It's a lot harder because the handles are a lot farther from the weight. But, you know, I don't say anything at work. Honestly, these are just good stories to have for myself and now for you to share with you. Uh, But (laughs) I'm honestly thankful for these customers, even if I don't understand why they do what they do. Because without them, I wouldn't have a job. I'm not... Disparaging any of these people I support the dude who bought Over $60 worth of bread I support the woman who bought 15 watermelons <sighs> Some of the people who ask for their watermelons In bags can get a little pushy about it But I support them in their life choices as well Even if they are not the best life choices For carrying watermelons <sighs> And I guess that's that segment So, on to segment three! The third segment of today's show is linguistics fuckery, which, I'm a linguistics student, I've been studying it for at least four years now, and originally I wanted to start by talking about uh, the year 1066 and the word kernel. Not in the same segment, but it's probably better to start with basic linguistics, otherwise I'd leave a lot of people in... The dark let's talk about descriptive and prescriptive grammar. Uh, prescriptive grammar is the rules we apply to grammar, such as don't split your infinitives, don't do double negatives, etc, etc. Um, meanwhile, descriptive is how people actually talk, describing the way people actually use the language they use. Now, these are topics for literally every language in the world, but English is my first language, and I don't have any right to speak on a language other than English because I do not know enough about those languages. Now, the reason I want to talk about these two things is because there has been a grand shift in the past couple of years from prescriptive rules to new sort of descriptive rules philosophies. For instance, it's becoming a lot less... what's the word? It's becoming a lot less put down to use double negatives, because we're beginning to understand that double negatives are influenced by dialect and how your specific area speaks English because there is not one right way to speak English there is no prestige dialect there is no standard English and if you think there's a standard English you are wrong and you need to start reevaluating your life choices um, now. The thing about these two rules is that prescriptive rules are still taught wildly in schools, even though descriptive language is becoming a lot more widely spread. For instance, you can see it a lot in, uh like, beginning school. Don't split infinitives. Don't say never not something. But you'll go to a specific area of the U.S., and everyone's, like, using double negatives and all that stuff, uh, to boldly go where no one has gone before, it's splitting infinitives all over the place, which would drive people who spoke Latin way, way back in the day, would it would drive them absolutely mad. And here's the thing. All of our prescriptive rules probably came from Latin, and Latin and English are not even on the same immediate language family branch. <laughs> So, Latin's prescriptive rules were shoved into English, which is another reason why English doesn't make a whole lot of sense in the grand scheme of language. Because a lot of things that happened to English happened because they were forced upon us. Or, you know, in the case of words, we did borrow a lot of words, but a lot of our grammar rules Forced upon us by scholars who knew jack shit about what they were doing, other than they wanted English to sound fancier like Latin. Or because of Vikings, who became Frenchmen, decided that they wanted English to die. (laughs) And, well, I guess that's the segment for today, um... Next time I'll maybe talk a little bit about something more concrete in linguistics, but I just needed to get that little rant about prescriptive and descriptive out of the way. And that's the end of this episode. You've just survived your second episode of Miscellaneous Weekly. Uh, This was an interesting one to make. It's been through a bit of a rough and tumble time. But here we go. On to plugs. You can probably find all the Power Rangers that I mentioned, Rhett Fisher, Kevin DeHaney, and Jeff Perrazzo on Twitter, Instagram, etc. I didn't really look that stuff up. But I know you can find Todd at Guardians underscore comic on a lot of different places, and he does some good comics. You should check him out, um... And as for me, I am on Tumblr at my own little corner and chair. I am on Twitter at corner and chair. Uh, Instagram still has... The non-usage of Instagram and Facebook still hasn't changed. So that's it. I will see you all next week.